True mental toughness is the ability to keep taking action when all hope seems lost. Welcome to the Millionaire Woman Show, where we'll be discussing leadership, business, human potential, inspiring you to live rich from the inside out. Unlock your creativity, stretch out of your comfort zone, break through your barriers, take inspired action, and achieve epic results. Now here's your host, three-time best-selling author, speaker, and certified executive coach, Deborah Kozowski. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Millionaire Woman Show. And I'm so excited to bring you guests from around the globe that are going to inspire, motivate, and educate you through principles of life, leadership, and business. Today's guest I'm really excited about because it was several years ago. I was part of her Hell Yeah marketing course online, and it's such a treat to have Suzanne Evans, who went from secretary to seven-figure CEO and is now known as Tell It Like It Is, No Fluff Boss of Business Building. She provides support, consult, and business development to over 30,000 entrepreneurs enrolled in her wealth and business building programs. Suzanne's why moment came in 2007 while working a day job behind the scene on Broadway. And as she looked over her credit card statements and realized it would take 21 years to pay off her debt, she decided the only way to create the life she wanted was for her to take immediate action. Suzanne opened up a shop inside a Whole Foods market, literally emboldened by her ability to get clients in what was the least likely of places between the bananas and tomatoes. She realized that her success in business would depend on her ability to master marketing and sales and inspire clients to share their mess as a pathway of getting clients and making money. In supporting thousands of small businesses, she has grown her empire from humble beginnings of a 350-square-foot apartment in Manhattan to a sprawling 3,000-square-foot office, being on the Inc. 500 and 5,000 for five straight years working with clients around the world. And if you're looking for frank, funny, whip-smart business advice, you're not going to want a miss any nuggets that Suzanne shares in this uh, podcast today. Welcome to the show and let's say hell yeah for, Thank for you. whole time. Thank you so much for having me. Wonderful to have you. Um, I'm grateful to connect with you after all these years of you know listening to your wisdom, um, implementing marketing tips. And one of the things that I've really noticed about your persona and who you are is you're very driven. And I want to know what really motivates you. Mm. You know, I, I, Les Brown has a great quote that uh, has really stuck with me over the years that says, when you, wake up when you wake up living your dream, it's not your dream anymore. And so I, I definitely think one of the things that has inspired and motivated me over the years is the next dream the next dream, the next dream. Um, you know, it's easy to say this, but it's true. Um, I have a three and a half year old we were talking about before we started. And I, certainly I'm motivated by that. I'm motivated by living a life where, you know, every time uh, my wife and I will like take a day off and do something with him or, or 
meet, you know, go, go to like right now we're in the middle of these crazy preschool interviews. right? And we go and we take three hours. And we're like, how do other people do this? Right? Like if you're in a job or if you're, you know, how do you do this? You know, um, I'm very motivated by family. You know, every time my parents have a health pickup or something that goes on that we can kind of just fast track and pay for something, you know, out of pocket. I'm motivated by that. So, you know, I'm really motivated by freedom. A lot of people think of freedom as, you know, I'm motivated to work when I want to and, and to be in Italy working. That, that's actually not exactly right for me. Freedom, when I think about it, when I look at it, is really about choice, right? Mm -hmm. I can kind of choose whatever I want. I can choose to afford this, or I can choose to do this, or I can choose to take this time, or I can choose to do that. And that really is ultimate freedom for me because I think financial freedom brings you choices and choice is ultimate freedom. I love that. Uh, today I had a post about it since it's actually Tuesday that we're recording this. And I said, you know, every day is Tuesday. Yeah. You get to choose whether it be your yeah. attitude, your choices with intention and really creating the life that you want, realizing that each choice that you make will take you down a different road. And years ago, um, when I was, you know, a teenager, there used to be these books that you'd read the first half of the book and then it said, okay, which do you choose? Do you choose this or I that? Those. I remember those. I love those. Yeah. They were the best. They yeah. were the best because I would get one at the scholastic book fair. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No matter what choice you had, there's always good and there's also a downside to any choice. Sometimes yeah. it's a sacrifice. Sometimes it's that you accelerated things faster than and you suddenly had to pedal your feet a little bit faster. Absolutely. And uh, it's unpredictable. And that's the exciting part, I think, about life. Um, but one of the questions I have for you is, I know that people along their journey, and I love how you talked about what's the next dream. What have you noticed when people you know, they fulfilled that big dream that they've always dreamt. And what happens next if, if they don't have the next dream or they don't know where to go? Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people say they're burned out. Mm. It's where, you know, I don't believe in burnout. Um, I believe in um, uh, not having kind of the right uh, systems in place. I believe that you can be bored. I believe that you can be done something right it's like here we are we accomplished this we're done um, so absolutely I think a lot of people call it burnout or people will call it boredom or people will call it um, uh, this doesn't work for me anymore and truly it's just about you've completed something and it's time to dream a new dream yeah and I think they don't realize is that the destination for there is you know there's a highlight but for the destination I think people can sometimes be disappointed because they're like, Oh, is that all there is versus really paying attention to the journey that they're on and really enjoying that part. Yeah. I, I cannot, you know, kind of relate it to weight loss. Like a lot of people get gastric bypass or get surgery and then they go, Oh, I'm still unhappy. I'm thin and unhappy or I'm thin and guess what? My husband's still an asshole or right. Or I don't like my job. Right. Or fill in the blank. It's like, you don't, you know, you don't complete one thing or get to a certain level or do something and that becomes it. It, it's, 
you know, it's, it's constantly evolving. And so absolutely. I think a lot of people, I, I've had so many clients that have hit the million dollar mark and they call me up on a Thursday morning and they go, okay, so I hit the million dollar mark on a Wednesday and Thursday, there's still dirty dishes in the sink, right? There's still, right? Because it truly is, you know, you're the same being, you're having the same experience. So it, it's really, that's why putting that dream in place keeps you driven and the drive and the hunger is what is so meaningful because you're striving and there is something so juicy and rewarding about striving. Yeah. And often, you know, people will refer to it as the why. I had someone ask me the other day, um, what gets you so enthusiastic and energized about life? Like what keeps you driven? And I just looked at them and I thought, wow, what a, what a great question. I said, because my purpose is to make an impact. And if I fail to make an impact each day, even with one person, I have not lived out my purpose and the legacy doesn't continue. Yep. And uh, that enough for me is to get up every day and say, okay, so who can I help today? Yep. And I think people have it on this big scale of, I have to touch so many people. I have to make this much money. I have to, you know, publish this. Otherwise my value isn't here. I'd love for you to talk about, about the value uh, that people bring as well as because, you know, I see that one of your most requested talks is about driven to quit. Yeah. So about delivering value and about that drive to quit. I'd love to, for you to expand on those. Yeah. Well, I think when you're talking about people feel like they have to have such an incredible um, impact, you know, so often when I go speak somewhere, when I'm speaking to a group of people, I'll say, how many of you want to change the world? And everybody raises their hand. I want to change the world. I want to change the world. And I go, well, it's unfortunate because you're actually not willing, you know, about 80% of people aren't willing to change their world. Mm -hmm. And the world actually doesn't want changing. If it wanted to change, it would have changed, right? So <laughs> the value, excuse me, <clears throat> that we bring and what we can offer really comes from changing ourselves. And when we change, everyone around us is forced to change. Um, I do a lot of events. I tell people all the time, the events are for me. I'm just glad you could be here, right? The, most of the work I do is for me right? And I'm glad that other people can partake. And so as teachers and experts and coaches and consultants and healers and people who have huge hearts, um, they just want to help people. No, really what you want to do is fix people so you don't have to work on your fixing yourself. And when we really work on fixing ourselves, everyone is touched. And that's the ripple effect. It's like we work on us that affects our spouse, that affects their boss, that affects their employee, that affects their son, that affects, right? And then that's the ripple effect. So I think it's kind of silly to want to change the world, but I think it is a moral obligation to change your world. Mm -hmm. And you know, people get scared by the word change, sure. trans transformation. Sure. And yeah. they're like, oh my gosh, like, can I handle this? It's all so uncertain. But knowing yep. that those changes aren't very big, for you, when you were at Whole Foods between bananas and tomatoes, what was your aha moment knowing that you really needed to shift? Um, that no one was going to do this for me. That I wasn't going to get discovered or saved or shot out of the cannon. That most people truly weren't interested in what I had to say, but there were a handful that were. And so 
I spent my whole life and I still do this to this day. I'm just looking for the handful, right? Mm-hmm. I'm looking for the handful. And so I learned so much about uh, how people communicate and connect or disconnect from your message. I learned, <clears throat> excuse me, so much about um, pain that people experience and, and what they share and what they won't share. Mm-hmm. But really, I always, I always tell my team and I tell my clients, I go, just spend your life looking for the 10%, that 10% who connects with you, connects with the problem you solve, needs what you have. And if you just keep finding that 10%, you will live a life of freedom. And when you talk about sharing that message, I know it took me many, many years to share a story. When, you know, in, when I first finished nursing school, I had a patient pass away that I felt like I was so responsible um, just because there was a whole team of, team of us there. But for whatever reason, I took that responsibility on myself. And it took me 20 years before wow. I could share that story And it was only because I heard another story shared and watched what happened to the person who didn't share it. I watched them become depressed. I watched them carry themselves with shrugged shoulders, that they were carrying the weight of the world. And I thought, wow, they carried that for 40 years. I'm already carrying it 20. How much lighter would I be if I shared the story? And, you know, it, the first few times I, I found it very difficult to share. It was very emotional. It was raw. I was uh, shameful. And, but I realized when you start sharing some of those stories, you know, other people will start sharing theirs and you open the door of vulnerability. Um, it does take a lot of courage to share the story, but I was so much lighter and more so lighter because I was able to really learn from it myself, but also teach others not to carry what I did. So the person that I watched carried it for 40. I carried it for 20. Hopefully people carry it shorter, but I would love for you just to, when you've worked with people in sharing that message and helping them step out of that uncomfortable, that discomfort, what has happened to some of their businesses and some of their careers? Yeah, well, there's this great Sue Monk kid quote, and she says, stories have to be told or they die. And when they die, we can't remember who we are or why we're here. And I love that quote. I use it in a presentation that I do because it's not even, you know, people are like, I want to tell my story. I want to tell my story. It's not even about crafting your story or telling your story. It's about the, the point is, is about sharing it and continuing to have it told because the only way we stay alive is through our stories. And some of those stories are poignant and some are tragic and some are celebratory and some are sad and some are traumatic and some are ecstatic, right? But it is through those stories that we connect with each other. And, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a, much on marketing, but I'm a lot big. I'm a lot big. There you go. A lot big on storytelling. Mm -hmm. And that really is what it is, is because everybody's just looking to be seen and be validated and connect and they feel seen and they are validated and they do connect when your story helps them connect with their story. And so when that happens, I think this is when you see the majority of people who are really, um, uh, 
you know, they, they create big followings, they disrupt the marketplace, um, they get attention because people don't want to, they, we don't really want information. We don't really want um, solutions or, um, or uh, models or blueprints, and we all hear that so often. We really want to feel as though we connect and that we are a part of something. And when those stories get told and we can relate, we're willing to get on the bus. And when we're willing to get on the bus, you can drive us anywhere. And when you drive us to transformation, that's when we have um, our own experience and we solve our own problems and you become better and we become better. And that is truly how you make a, a true impact. So, so it all starts with story. Yeah. And that connection is so important for people to feel that, you know, you relate to them, that you see them mm -hmm. and that your story is not so different than theirs. It might be different in context, but people think, oh, well, I don't have the tragic story, so I can't be the speaker. Um, I don't have a story worth sharing. Who's going to want to hear about my life? That's right. And when you start opening up and sharing your story, you realize that people are not that different. Absolutely. Absolutely. So just touching back to that driven to quit, tell me what that yeah. really means. You know, I think people are so very, um, uh, so driven to like, I want to do this and I want to accomplish this. And a lot of people just need to quit things. They need to, they need to quit suffering. They need to quit eating. They need to quit smoking. They need to, you know, quit complaining. They need to quit gossiping. They need to quit beating themselves up. Right. And so just as we are driven to accomplish and to create and to fill in the blank, we need to also be driven to quit the things that are keeping us from who we could be and who we want to be. And most of life is made up, uh, most of our life success is made up of what we stop doing more than what we do, right? Because everything, if you're listening to this right now, that isn't working for you is just a matter of stopping doing something that you're doing. And once you're able to quit that, you're able to see change. And once you see change, you can see the other side of transformation. And so we need to be just as driven to with things, um, over scheduling, being disorganized, not having a system, feeling like we know it all, all of those things. When you quit the things that aren't serving you, everyone gets served. And it's very powerful when you stop and think about, it could be as simple as, I'm going to quit complaining. Yeah. I'm going to quit blaming someone else for my results. Yep. And um, I think it ties into my next question. What if someone, because I know many of our listeners, whether they be in leadership or business, it can really relate that. What if you've tried everything and you haven't been able to get their promotion or grow the business? Yeah, I mean, I think if you really feel like you've tried everything and the business isn't growing, you aren't succeeding, then you don't have the right community and you don't have the right direction because there's two things that have to be managed to be successful. You have to learn how to manage stress and you have to learn how to manage strategy. So one of those two things is not being managed. You either haven't learned how to manage the stress side of things or you haven't learned how to manage the strategy side of things. And once you become a master at the management of those two things, 
it's impossible not to get traction. It's impossible not to make money. It's impossible for your business not to be successful on some level. I mean, listen, because of talents and opportunities and all that, we'll all be different levels of success, but everyone can have a delicious level of success if they're learning how to manage strategy and stress. And most people don't know how to manage strategy and stress. And it, it, it requires uh, it, it requires you to really have a depth of understanding of yourself and it requires you to have the right kind of mentorship and community where when something's not working, you can tweak it and try something else. When you've thrown all the spaghetti on the wall, sometimes you need people to go, oh, it's sticking here and it's sticking there or nothing's sticking. Let's bowl another you know, pot of spaghetti. So you've got to have the right environment for it to work. And um, everything works if you work it. I mean, there's not a single tactic out there that won't get somebody a result. It's just how are you employing it and is it the right tactic for you at the right time and the right level? And you need guidance and support to tell you that. So what holds people back from really executing and implementing some of that strategy? Well, I mean, everything, you know, people have perfectionism issues, people have uh, confidence issues, people don't want to look dumb, right? They, um, it's everything under the sun, except anything that's rational. And so what really keeps us back is our own belief that somebody will call us out, someone won't like us, someone will say we're wrong, no one will show up to our party, right? All of those things. And it is the people who are able to take a couple of deep breaths and go, F it, right? I, I gotta try this. I got to see, and I might fall flat on my face, but I know how to stand back up. Um, I was reading an Anne Lamott book recently, and I love her as a writer, and she said she had a friend who was dying of cancer, and they went snow skiing, and she said the greatest lesson she ever taught me was she taught me how to fall. I kept falling and hurting myself, and I kept falling, and you know, my head was in the snow, and she said, your problem is not that you don't know how to ski. Your problem is you don't know how to fall, and so if we really master learning how to fall, we're never really afraid because we know how to get back up. Yeah, that's such a powerful metaphor when we think about, you know, just taking on any challenge in front of us, there's always going to be uncertainty, regardless of how perfect we think it's going to be, or how we've, you know, mitigated every risk, there's always going to be that chance that you could fall. Yep, absolutely. But as long as you know how to get back up, it's all good. Yeah. And you know, with so many businesses, you know, you know, we're wanting them to last more than five years than the predicted, you know, that most businesses don't make it to their fifth anniversary. What does it take for a business to really stand out in the marketplace? You have to be relative, um, sorry, relevant. <laughs> you have to be relevant. You have to be innovative. You have to know what's going on in the world, right? The, this day and age, so much information about every topic under the sun is coming so quickly and coming at us so rapidly that if you're not on top of it and you don't know more than everybody else around you or around your expert uh, status and your expert um, point, then you, you can't get attention. Um, you also have to be entertaining. What people really want these days from distraction is to be entertained, to be feel something, make me feel mad, glad, sad, or angry, right? So just business as usual, information as usual, 
content as usual does not work. And the people that are really getting seen are people have an angle, they have an edge, um, and they're staying relevant, and they know that you want to be entertained while you're educated. Yeah, now they call that edutainment, right? Sure, sure. <laughs> so when we're thinking about Maybe there's people listening right now that they've been doing a side hustle maybe for a while, or they're thinking that, you know, I really want something for myself and no business knowledge, but they think I don't have time and I don't have money. What would you say to them about moving forward when they're thinking about starting a business? None of us have time or money. I mean, if we had time or money, we wouldn't start a business. <laughs> I mean, think about that. If you had time and money, you probably wouldn't start a business. Yeah. So, right. So there's no one out there who is just sitting around with a ton of time and a ton of money. And they're like, you know what, let me do the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Start a business. You do a business. So you have time and money. So that's an easy answer. Absolutely. And how about what if they tell you, I don't have the resources. Then you shouldn't start a business. You should be in a job. I worked a 60 hour weekday job while I started my business. I stayed in that job for two years. I was making, by the time I resigned from my job, I was making 60 ish thousand dollars a year in my job and I was making $200,000 a year in my business. And I did that because every business has to have funding. So if you have money in the bank and you can use that sort of business, awesome. If you have a spouse or a family member that's willing to float you, awesome. If you've got credit and you're willing to take on some debt and do it that way, awesome. If you've got a severance or a 401k you can tap into, awesome. Um, I didn't have those things, so I used my job as my business loan. But if you are broke and you don't have resources, it will be very challenging to build a business. Now that doesn't mean you have to have a ton of investors and you have to have a ton of money in the bank. I had a $500 Capital One credit card, but I could keep my lights on because I had a job, right? So I could feed myself and keep my lights on so I had a job. So you, you have to have some form of a resource. So let's go to when you first decided to you know, do the side hustle um, while you were working behind the scenes in Broadway. What yeah. Like, how did you structure, like, how did you see that you had still opportunity with the time that you had? Because I think often what people see is like, well, I'm already working 40, 60 hours. How can I possibly have room for more? I didn't have room. I didn't sleep. I didn't sleep. I had no social life. I did nothing on the weekends. I got up at six o'clock in the morning and I worked on the business from six to eight. I went to a day job. I worked on the business at lunch. I came home, grabbed a grabbed a quick dinner and I worked to about 11, 12 at night on the business. And I did that for two years of my life. I used every weekend hour on the business and I decided to live a few years of my life like most people wouldn't so I could live the rest of my life like most people couldn't. Beautiful. Because I think people think, oh my gosh, I got to sacrifice something. You do. And they're like worried about the next party. They're worried about the next networking event and they don't really look at if I sacrifice, maybe not to the extreme that you did, um, but if they sacrifice more of the things for a short period of time, they can create the life that they're really looking Listen, for. I, I know a lot of entrepreneurs and I don't know any of them that are multiple seven figure business owners that didn't do it. I did. Yeah. It's just never, you don't do it forever. Or you're stupid, but you, you do it for a while to, till you get where you're going until you can build team until you have good cash flow coming in. And, um, and it's the story of every highly successful, high performing entrepreneur or individual. It just is. And so, um, 
you know, you have to say, and listen, people have kids, people have parents. I had life things that were going on. So sometimes you just have to juggle them. But if you truly want to go further faster and you want to do it really quickly, you give up some time. You know, my a definition that I use with all of my clients of sacrifice is sacrifice is doing something you've never done to get something you've never had. Mm-hmm. Right. So I was willing to do something I'd never done, which is get up early, go to bed late, lose a little sleep, you know, not go out to as many movies, not go out to dinner with as many friends. And then at the end of that, I had an extraordinary life. And so it's, it's, you, you cannot have it all. It's, it's total BS. You cannot have it all. You can eventually have it all, but you can't have it all at the same time. So you can't want to build a business from nothing, from ground up, and expect to also have the life that you had. You, you just can't do it. Um, you could take forever to grow it, or you could just grow a small business, but if you want a multiple six or seven figure business, it's gonna be head down, sacrificing things for a period of time until things get going. So I'm sure you had days that you're like, oh, I can't believe I'm doing this. Why am I doing this? And hitting some of those roadblocks and obstacles. What did you tell yourself? What was your self-talk at that time to help push you through those tough days? I never thought that once. Oh, great. Never <laughs> I didn't because I, I knew what was happening and right. I knew where I was going and I was, I would have chewed through barbed wire. And I think that is driven. That is being driven. Now, that doesn't mean I didn't have a bad day. It doesn't mean that, you know, I didn't get the third no in a row, right? But in terms of ever thinking, what am I doing? I never thought that once because what I was doing had to be better than where I was. It just right. had to be. But when, when you'd get rejected or you'd have a problem, you know, I, I really, uh, you know, I kind of have always told myself, you get a few, few moments of pity and then you have to move on. And that comes from my mom. She was a basketball coach and she coached me in basketball. And she was like, there's no crying in basketball. The clock doesn't stop while you have a pity party. So get in the game and keep playing. So, you know, I have a brief moment and then you get back up. And that's that whole thing about learning how to fall and knowing that um, the next effort. I also, you know, I, I love water and I love the tides and um, lived by the, uh, on the ocean for many years. And one of the things I love about the tides is it's a reminder that what goes out comes back in and what comes in goes back out. So I've also always tried to remember that we're in contraction expansion. So when we're in that contraction, there really is an expansion around the corner, but also being humble because when we're in an expansion, there's a contraction around the corner. Right. So and I think that's very valuable because, uh, you know, a lot of time we talk about mindset on the Millionaire Woman show and how people can get their mindset in the right place when those tough obstacles come up. And I think basically what you've shared is when, we're, you, when you have a vision, for one, that you're staying on course because you know it's better than where you are. You're not, yes. you're bigger than your current circumstance. That's and, right. And the other part is, is that you're starting to build momentum. You're starting to see those successes, no matter how big or small, they're still there. And yeah. you're able to move through and it even gets you more excited to persevere and sacrifice when you need to. A, a thousand percent, right? And when you can do that, you can get through the hard days, you can get through the tough time and you know there's something better around the corner. So when did you decide and what would help our listeners and viewers decide when do you turn that side hustle into a full-time business? Yeah, I think when you can have a vision, um, I shouldn't say a vision, it's actually pretty 
tactically driven. When, you know, I saved six months of job income from the business, and then I went, okay, even if I quit my job now and this thing starts going south, I've got six months in savings, right? So for me, it was always data, right? It was always like, what's the facts here? What's, you know, what, what do I have in front of me? Um, but I would say if you have a solid six months of growth, and uh, in revenue, then that's a pretty good indicator that you, this is working. You've got the right message, you've got the right offer, and that growth should continue. Um, the other reason you know um, when it's right, I think, is that when doing the other work, you know, I started outsourcing my job stuff to people. <laughs> delegating my job stuff and I was like okay when you start delegating your job that you get a paycheck for it's probably time to move on because you're way too busy across the board and this over here is working because you can afford to delegate this and pay some other people to do that so yeah you know, one of those things yeah that's a good that's a good indication <laughs> yes exactly uh so why is winning so important like winning in life winning in leadership winning in your business yeah, I mean, I think it's something that um, we don't teach that much to kids. And I think it's something we've kind of said, oh, I, you know, everybody deserves a participation trophy. And it's really about the journey. not about, but, but it's really not. I mean, at the end of the day, there's like a first place, there's a second place, and there's a third place. And I can promise you that people who never win, and I don't care if it's like that you win at your church bake-off, or you win at, you know, hobby ping pong, or you win in the Olympics. <clears throat> people that are always running some sort of a race, but they're never winning, become fatigued. They really do. They become drained and they become fatigued. And you kind of start going, what am I doing this for? And whether that's winning because you make more money because you're winning or you earn more clients or you lose weight because you're winning, you cannot work your ass off for no reward. So winning is important because it is the, um, internal check mark that moves us to the next thing on the to-do list that moves us on to the next step in our life and um and you don't always have to come in first and you're going to lose a lot of things as well but if you don't have a winner's mindset if you don't understand what it feels like on a cellular level to win a lot of times you're standing in place running and, and that's why it's key to win yeah that winning mindset is such an important piece that when you have that mindset right, you're able to accomplish anything because I really believe it's 80% of the game. Absolutely. Yeah. So my next question for you, again, is not anything um, that we've prepared for you, is that what is one book that has had a big impact in your life and it's usually your go-to when you need to recommend something? Gosh, I love books so much. I mean, you know, if we're talking kind of autobiographical, I'm going to go Maya Angelou. I know when the cage bird sings, I've probably read it 10 times because there's so much in there about perseverance and about um, the ability to go on during hard times. Um, if we're going to talk about kind of business books, I'm probably going to say um, Evil Plans by Hugh McLeod, who's one of my favorites. He's really phenomenal. It's just a way of thinking about disrupting the marketplace. Um, if we're going to, um, I, I love this. Do you hear that phone ringing? I don't even know. I have a phone in my office. It's never rang in five years. <laughs> I didn't even know that it would, it would ring. 
I love moments like that. I'm like surprised. I'm like, oh my God, the phone is ringing. Um, if we're talking about kind of more, um, um, more fiction, maybe I, um, I love uh, Toni Morrison's The Bluest Eye because I think it's such a deep reminder of the truth and the fear that we all carry with us. Um, I, I could go on. I mean, I love, I love reading, um, uh, um, purpose driven church. Um, while it may sound like a very sh odd choice, it, I think it's a phenomenal marketing book. It's about how to grow churches, but I've always taught, uh, taught from it and had my students read it for the purpose of growing a business. It's such a great book, but yeah. So, I <laughs> and, I, and I love that you said that you read one of the books 10 times. What makes it so important to read a book more than once? Yeah, because I think you, you read it at first for, you know, the journey, like being on, in the story. I think you then read it again because you felt like you missed pieces. You loved it so much. And then I think you start to read it for mastery, right? And you read it for like, how can I apply this to my life? How can I apply this to my business? How can I apply this to someone else? And so I find that every time I read a book, I get something different from it. And every time I read it, it's not even necessarily that I go deeper, but I go wider and I understand how it can expand another part of my life. Yeah. And I find it very interesting that when people read a book, I know a bunch of my friends will be like, I, I read this book and we're on to the next book. And I'm like, so what did you implement from that book? Yeah. They're like, what? I'm like, yeah. It's just like going to a conference. You know, people buy packages or they go from one conference yeah. to the next. And if you're not taking something you learned and implementing it, where, where was the value, right? Other than entertainment, right? And if, that, if that's your objective, great. Absolutely. Yeah. So my next question is, is what does it mean to you to live rich from the inside out? Um, doing choice, right? Um, the fact that I, I really can, you know, every decision in my life, I don't have to stop and go, this is a decision that, you know, I, I have to think about money, right? Or I have to think about time. So I, I think that's a big part of it. But mainly, I think, you know, only thing we're left with is love. So it's how much you love, how much you are loved, um, how much love you can give to people you don't even know. Um, so certainly I would say um, I would measure my life in love. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Suzanne. I do have another question that just came upon me that sure. I want to ask. So while you were doing those long hours, doing the side hustle, did you have doubters? Did you have people who said, you know, you're not going to be successful? And how did you push through that? I did. I mean, I had the kind ones that don't say it that way, but they're like, oh, right. And you just know. And then we have people that are like, you better keep your day job. Um, and I know for myself, I, I just was really clear that, I mean, I, I am very competitive. So if I'm telling you the absolute truth, a big part of me wanted to prove people wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, and so <laughs> it's just that competitive nature in me, but the part that is human and soft, um, was really aware fairly early on. And while it wasn't easy, I was able to kind of take it on was that this was about them, mm -hmm. right? This was about them. And I had to keep this about me and between me to really get through it. And I also learned early on not to tell a lot of people stuff. Yeah. Right. Because you cannot hurt what you do not know. 
And so I, I learned that as well. And I think, and I love that you said that this is my probably favorite part of it. <laughs> I'm glad I asked the question. Yeah. Um, I think people who are the ones to doubt are the ones to say, you know, keep the day job. They are the people who didn't take a chance on their own dream. Absolutely. And, and, you know, pe people always, you will never be criticized by someone doing more than you. Mm. You just won't. And that's how I have to look at everything. I will never be criticized by someone doing more than me. They don't got time for it. <laughs> no, no, they don't, right? They're just, you're just waking up trying to do their thing for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. This has such been such an enriching interview. So engaging. I want you to share with everyone uh, final words of wisdom and how they can stay in touch with you. Well, I think stay driven about something in your life because that really is the magic of all of this. And it could be about, you know, um, quilting or, you know, it can be about business because having a drive in, inside of you around and about something is what really keeps you a person who's alive and a fire inside of you. So on that note, we hold an event every year called Driven the Event. It's a three-day business building conference, uh, hundreds of entrepreneurs there, step-by-step -step how to get everything you need in mindset and marketing and sales and your messaging. And it is one of the premier business conferences. Um, we've been doing it for like 10 years now, which is crazy, um, 10 years now. And I'd love to gift anyone who would like to come spend three days with myself and my team and walk away with a six and seven figure business plan and strategy and have a really fun time doing it would love to offer you tickets to our event and you can reach out to our team at help at driveninc.com h-e-l-p at driveninc.com it's april 17th through the 19th in charlotte north carolina and we would love for you to be our guest and for being on this show gift you a complimentary ticket to come spend three days and kind of blow your mind with everything you need to grow your business well, thank you for your generosity. Thank you for everything. And we're going to be sure to have in the show notes all of the links yeah. to social media and more about your event and continue on with sharing the message about being driven and driven to quit those things that aren't serving you. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> it's been wonderful. I would love for you to go over to the Millionaire Woman Show podcast. If you have not already subscribed, please subscribe, rate, and review our show. It's on iTunes, and you can also follow us on YouTube if you are more of the visual learner. Also, go over to my website at www.debrakazowski.com, D-E-B-R-A-K-A-S-O-W-S-K-I.com, where you can download your three video mini course of making habits stick so you can be focused and consistent on building routines that help you knock those goals out of the park. And as Suzanne said, once you reach one goal, you're going to need to set a new one. So this is a great way to set yourself up for success. As Muhammad Gandhi said, be the change you wish to see in the world. And on behalf of Suzanne and myself, go out and make today great.